Good evening, good evening, everybody. How's the sound? Do we have any sound here? No, not a lot. How's that? That's better. Great, thanks, Max. So nice to see you again. So last week I know Shadow explored investigation, really juicy, important topic on the path. Can we maybe tab it down a little bit, Max? and the relationship between investigation and energy and mindfulness. So, a lot of rich territory, and in the homework there's various themes to explore, and there also the rest of your life to explore. So, plenty of things to inquire into. Anybody have any observations, insights, reflections about this theme or what it Uncovered? Yeah. yeah. We get a mic, Max. They're over here. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Um, so, um, let's see. I uh, one of the homework exercises I was looking at was investigating the relationship um, uh, with feeling tone. Mm-hmm. So pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, and um, that le- led to a lot of inquiry about around um, how that leads to thought proliferation, and um, and I really one thing I really saw this week was how um, um, the movement between bare attention to feeling tone, um, and then based on that feeling tone, what my thoughts would do. Um, so for example, I'm, um, maybe in a sitting and, um, I'm just practicing mindful awareness, tree sounds, birds, finger tingling, you know, just moving through. And then specific, very, I've noticed very unpleasant sensations like stomach ache suddenly would lead into, uh, lots of thoughts around fixing and like aversive, like the aversion would lead to thoughts around how I wanted to fix it and change mm-hmm. it. And, oh, when's, um, maybe I should schedule a doctor's appointment. This has been happening for three days. What started this? Um, what did I eat? What should I eat? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing a lot of that. Um, and um, one of the main things, like one of the kind of, top 10 hits that I saw in terms of um, repeating thought patterns um, would be uh, <laughs> kind of a long train, but like, okay, bear attention, um, have some sort of feeling tone, thought proliferation around it. Then my reaction to the thought proliferation would be negative feeling tone. Um, and then layered on top of that, thinking about, I would think, oh, I'm so sick of thinking. Um, so I'd have this kind of multi-layered reaction, but but an aversive reaction to thinking. And from that, a lot of desire for more practice. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is this ongoing theme I'm seeing of, um, of um, me not just contemplating the Dharma, but thinking about how I, Stephanie Elliott, can 
get and have more dharma and um and it's really like it's i don't think it's particularly useful at all in fact i'll be like sitting in meditation thinking about when I can have a retreat next or um, um, how I can um, fit in meditation tomorrow or uh, other such uh, ridiculous mm-hmm. things. Um, so one of the things I was wondering if you would speak to a little bit is um, how to work with um, desire for more practice. Um, because with most desires we say, Oh, it's just a desire. Let mm-hmm. it go. But mm-hmm. then there's this kind of dynamic tension there. Mm-hmm. But that's supposed to be kind of a good one. So, what do you say? Yeah. Well, there's a lot in there. Um, I first want to just go back to the, the investigation piece, and um, you know, great, you're seeing causality. You know, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, in the in the in the wheel of dependent origination, which is really the explication of. Um, causality that the Buddha spoke to, which we don't really go into in this course, um, but it's a key teaching, and the you know we've explored it in, in different parts. So the what you're speaking to is you know we have a experience, contact, and then there's a feeling tone, pleasant, unpleasant, and then based on that there's a reaction, liking, not liking, and then thinking, proliferation, grasping, and the whole thing. And we go round and round in those circles. So great to see that. Great to see the different, you know, threads and the the just the causal chain, and to see uh, one if the usefulness of that, or the painfulness of that, or the how how we get caught in that. You know, if it's unpleasant, then we start proliferating. If it's pleasant, we proliferate. And so, and the other thing you're speaking to is papancha, which is I don't know if we really talked about that in this course either, which is the except. Mm, inferentially, which is that uh, mm, the proliferating tendency of mind, including thinking about practice, and while you're practicing, you know, the common th- theme for thinking on retreat is to be thinking about your next retreat. You know, partly as, partly as a way of avoiding your painful current retreat, <laughs> or, ju- or or it's or it's or it's going great. You know, pleasant sensations bliss, happiness, and you go, oh, I want more of this, you know, there are a three-month retreat next, I'll go to Burma and meditate and be a monk and nun, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is day two of this. <laughs> Come back. So, yeah, there, and, you know, there are, there's a distinction between wholesome and unwholesome desire, and some desires, and the criteria is wholesome desires lead to greater well-being, and wholesome desires lead lead to suffering or lead to more attachment. So hopefully the desire for practice is going to be something that leads to greater, you know, well-being, clarity, peace. So, and we can get attached to that as anything else, and attachment is attachment, and it doesn't matter what we're attached to, if it's attachment, we're going to suffer. So, um, both are true, you know. So we notice, notice the desire or the impulse, feel it, and mm, you know, with with desire for practice, which comes under this ide- understanding of this thing called Dharma Chanda, which is zeal for the Dharma, zeal for the truth, 
you know, we do let that desire fuel, fuel us. So we do actually, uh, you know, there's a way that we can just, we can let ourselves feel that, that desire because it's wholesome. Just like the desire to help, the desire to wake up, the desire to mm, serve, you know, the, the thing, desire to be generous in the things that brighten the mind. So with the, we can let, we can, you know, feel that it's a wholesome thing. You don't have to get rid of it just because it's a desire. Just not proliferate about it when we're meditating <laughs> is the key. Maybe um, checking to see if the desire is causing suffering with it. Like, yeah, see if yeah. there's any suffering. Yeah. yeah. Some di- desires will, some won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Thank good. you. Yeah, good to explore. Other things, observations, comments? What are you noticing in your mindfulness practice, investigation practice? Yes, down here at the front. Evening, Scotty. Um, I had a really interesting experience, um, something I've noticed before, but was really, really aware of it um, this past Thursday. had this really awesome experience finalizing this semester in class <clears throat> and uh, was just, I don't know, in a very happy, blissful state, engaging with all my cohort members and whatnot, and then got or got sidetracked by an argument, an ongoing argument with a friend, and um, just walked out of there and totally lost sight of all the good experience I had had that that evening, and um, my father had come to visit, and was we were spending time together, and I was sitting there t- like ex- talking to him about my feelings and what was going on, and while I was doing that, I was able to be <laughs> step outside of what I was feeling and look at that, and then I got angry at the fact that I was angry with this other person. And then outside of that got, you know, was like, what is going on with why I'm angry with why I'm angry? And it just kind of like brought me back full circle and I just kind of like totally lit up and I was just like, oh, wow, there's so many levels going on right now. And it, it, I was just, I had some time to just sit there and usually that happens when I'm by myself. So I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, anger upon anger upon me beating myself up for being angry and I was able to just like vocalize it and just saying it out loud made it super helpful for me to just like take a step back and then just overwhelming empathy like came up and I was just like wow not only for myself but for the person I got in the argument with and it totally cleared up after that but it was just a really like powerful experience to like witness like every level and every kind of it brought back the whole, the four um, precepts that we looked at at the beginning of the class, just kind of the not-self and, um, yeah, and each and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So it was, that was, mm-hmm. it was a good experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. You know, what it, what it reminds me of what it is the, the relationship between mindfulness and uh, investigation, that the two really go hand in hand. And in uh, day-to-day lives, they're really quite, 
close. So there's, you know, in the meditation, we're not we're not using so much, at least in the way we're teaching the practice here, we're not using that reflective capacity. But like that's a great example of you being with your dad and you're reflecting on the argument, and you're and you're also tracking the feeling, and tracking the cause, and tracking the the pain, and so the the you know we teach a little bit. A lot of the, the Dharma teachings, you know, with the isolate different things, this factor, that factor, but really they're not these discrete things. They just come together. And, and, the, and over time, more and more of these things come together. So, you know, I talk a lot about mindfulness, awareness and kindness coming together in the same way mindfulness and investigation become, we just become curious, we become aware of our experience, we become curious about it. Like, what's up with that that I'm angry about I'm angry? <laughs> Or whatever it is, you know, and um, without that, we can't really go deeper in the understanding. It's it's the inquiry that really is kind of opens and excavates and associates and makes connections and so beautiful. And the difference being that we, uh, between investigation and what we normally do is normally we think about stuff, um, which has its own form of investigation, and we use thinking to investigate. But there's something for me in, in I guess, having trained so much in this practice that's very body-centered, and the inquiry is body-centered, that the, that for me the investigation is, is less... Mm, sort of, what's the word? Less, less cerebral and more intuitive. So I'm, there's, there's a like some like say if I'm meditating and there's a feeling comes up that's sort of amorphous, cloudy, gray, heavy, something. The 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 inquiry for me is is just curious. Like it's, it's a, there's a there's a welcoming and there's a. Um, there's a yeah, there's a curiosity about it that's not oh what is this I wonder if it's that could it be that no I think it was that well yesterday it was like this no 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 that's the that's the busy mind doing it and then it's more like it's more it's a it's a, it's receiving and feeling going ah oh, what is it? and it's really holding the question you know I for me inquiry is you know, is a great Zen teacher from Korea. Uh, mm. Bankai, who was uh, very prominent in the Korean Zen, and he, um, the, uh, some colleagues of mine, friends, studied in, in that tradition, and, and the main practice is, I'm not sure if Shada mentioned this, but the main practice in this tradition is asking the question, what is this? What is this? Did she talk about that? No. Yes? No? No. What is this? So anything that comes up in your experience, there's the, there's the orientation, what is this? Not, mm, I wonder if it's this, I wonder if it's that. Not that, but just, oh, what is this? What is this thing I'm feeling right now called back pain? Oh, what is that? Oh, it's just a warm, sort of amorphous, heavy throbbing. Oh, okay, I call pain, okay. What is this? This awareness. What is this moment? What is time? What is this? 
And so it's just that curiosity that we keep leaning into our experience with. And it informs, informs us. What is this? So if you're, if you're never sure, if you're unsure how to investigate, you could just ask that question. And then to not, the, for me, the, the point of investigation, well, I shouldn't say it, the point of asking that question is not necessarily to come up with an answer, but to keep questioning, to keep pursuing that thread deeper. What is this? What is awareness? I must have asked that question a lot you know, over the last 20 years. What is, it? What is this awareness? What is aware? What is, what is this thing? What is this notion of self that we all feel and experience that's both concrete and amorphous? What is that? You can take a course on it and just read about it and study it and, you know, and get the definitive Buddhist answer, you know, what not self is in Pali and Sanskrit. And, but what is it? What is this thing that changes? So the point of that of this investigation is to keep us looking. Keep us there's no resting place. There's no getting to enlightenment and then just oh well, I'll let all that stuff go and we'll just, you know, put our feet up and sit in the hammock and drink, you know, chai. <laughs> no, there's just a continual curiosity about life about love. What, what is love? Like, you know, what is love between human beings? What, what is that? What is it, the, the love that we have for a partner or a child? You know, what is it can't be defined, really. But we can explore it. Or, you know, what, what shuts the heart down? It's a great inquiry. You know, what, one day we feeling really, you know, we leave a, we leave Spit Rock and we're feeling happy and open and loving and then, you know, we get, by the time we get to the gas station when, you know, we're grumpy and, and resentful that the, the line at the gas station at 9.15, what is that? What's that obstacle? What is that that causes the heart to open and close? So there's no finishing investigation. Just like there's no finishing mindfulness, there's just curiosity, there's just continuing to be aware. I think that's exciting, personally. What else are we gonna do? Watch TV? (laughs) Or something. Did you, who else, anybody questions? Yeah, please, Max. I was reflecting about, well, I've just been working with some reactivity I've had in my own personal work during the day. And um, I've just noticed a pattern a while ago that um, I get reactive when things don't go my way. I'm like a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure nobody's ever done that, though. No, you're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's graduated from that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this is the third 
<laughs> you know, we're, this is, you know, the third um, Dharma class of three in this series. So we're all, this is the graduate program. Right? Yeah, this is, yeah, advanced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look who's here. We're, you know, this is the top of the class. But anyway, so what I, what I found was that when I really identified, it took me a while to get to, I'm doing this thing over and over. I'm getting reactive with my workers when they don't do something that I don't like, which is often. <laughs> Daily, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, all right, well, what's my reaction? And, you know, is it is it sort of calm and steady tone of voice? Is it, okay, so let's talk about that. And trying to work with it in a way that I feel good about. I'm not walking away and feeling like I've done something that, that you know, doesn't feel um, honorable in a way mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it's taken me a long time and and I just recently just kind of decided, you know what, I can't do this behavior anymore. I can't treat people the way, you know, I want to treat people the way that would feel good to me, what feels good to me. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working with this lately and when something doesn't go my way, which I got to check out today, <laughs> I what I try to do is to compliment the person. When I notice the thought coming up in my mind, I don't like that, you know, and I sort of, there's some anger and hostility that comes up for whatever reason. That's just what's there. That's my investigation. I'm like, all right, I see that. Now, just, I get that. I'm, yeah, I'm a little upset about this, but let me try and compliment this person. So I see you there. Let me try and compliment this person because they're doing their best. Assume they're doing their best mm -hmm. because, you know, that's going to get a good result mm -hmm. in the end. It, they're going to feel good and I'm going to feel good. So I mm -hmm. start with a positive response mm -hmm. and, um, but acknowledge that that's there in my mind. It's not like that doesn't exist. Wow, you're a great guy. I mean, that's not going to come through. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I've just been working with this, and it's it's actually working pretty well. Yeah, and I'm really uh, encouraged to just keep checking out what's happening inside. You know, what's the what's the response that wants to just jump out, and you know, damn it, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, I don't swear necessarily, but it's that sort of knee jerk response, mm -hmm. and just slowing down enough to go, okay, I see that. How can I do this differently? And then when I say something that's positive, it feels good. And then making a shift to, okay, so, you know, that's, you're doing this really well. And I want to talk about this other piece too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to, to have this happening here in such a way that we get this result. It, it just, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciate it too. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> Yeah, so catching, having enough presence to catch the reactivity and space to respond rather than react. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done in the heat of the moment. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, it, I've been doing that in you know a lot of areas of my life, just working mm -hmm. with that reactivity. What's mm -hmm. the, the first thing that wants to come out? Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's like a childlike response. It's like, wait, you know, is this a threat or is it a you know, a problem, mm -hmm. things being a problem rather than, oh, wait a minute, you know, what is that, like you were saying? Mm. Um, I was late to Spirit Rock tonight, and I got up here, and I'm like, God, I gotta hurry, I gotta get to Spirit Rock and help to set up and do my thing here and meditate, right? You know, I'm gonna hurry to meditate, that, that thing. <laughs> and, 
and I get up to the horse pasture. I'm like, oh, good, I'm here. All right, now I can relax. Like, but I'm still stressed out. So I look over, and there's a coyote in the horse pasture, and it was really beautiful. Hmm. And I'm like, is that a dog? And I'm looking. It's not. It's a coyote, and I had never seen one over there. Hmm. And I'm like, this is a wake-up call. <coughs> you know, this is just wake up. Look at. Isn't that great? You can let mm -hmm. everything else go, mm. and there isn't really a problem. Mm. It's just the coyote and being right here. Nice. They're rushing to meditate. <laughs> How many people rush to Spirit Rock? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> the traffic, and yes. Are you going to make? Um, maybe you could sort of uh, def define or describe better um, investigation, because I find that maybe we're a very analytical society, and mm -hmm. I know I'm very analytical, and mm -hmm. I get I can get caught up in being analytical so it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what's the difference what's the Where's difference the between analysis and mm -hmm, investigation yeah. mm. well I think there's different you know, there's different kinds of investigation right so mm, and there's you know there's in, in the Buddhist tradition, there's lots of different um, you know th there's like you know the, in the, in the Tibetan tradition there's a whole not just Tibetan but there's you know there's a lot of analysis you know around and and debate and um, you know there's a, there's a definitely a, a valuing of intellectual rigor. You know, in different traditions, especially in this more scholastic traditions and, and the commentarial tradition, and in mm. a very fine dissection of Dharma and what it means, and it's somewhat intellectual, some of it. And but my sense is what the Buddha was speaking to was. Um, uh, you know, a more a more of a moment-to-moment -moment investigation, which doesn't necessarily require so much mental processing. Uh -huh. You know, um, you know. I mean, it, uh, you could boil it down to something as simple as, "What is this? What is its cause?" What is its cause that allows it to pass into cessation? That allows it to pass. What, what, what are the causes for it arising, and it's causing for passing away? That was really what the Buddha was interested in. What brings things into being that are wholesome? What brings things into being that are unwholesome? Yeah. So how how is it right now that we're not just supremely peaceful right now? No reason why we shouldn't be. But if, I, if we did a survey, if we did a market research, um, how many people would say they're, you know, supremely peaceful? 
So it's like, well, what, what is interfering with that, you know? What is causing that? What is the cause of suffering in this moment? Where is the attachment, the desire, the aversion, the resistance to this moment? It doesn't require a lot of... It's really, it's really, it's really more awareness than, than using thinking. You know, it's, just, it's just observing. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm hating my back pain. Oh, that's a good reason for not being peaceful. I could say my back pain is a problem for being peaceful, but actually it's, it's my, my, my mind stuff around it that's making me less peaceful. Okay, that's, that would be an investigation. doesn't require a lot of intellectual analysis. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's that simple. You know? Tracking our moment-to-moment experience and understanding causes and conditions for things to arise and pass. Yeah, and we occasionally we might use more reflective understanding, like, you know, say um, I was working with someone today who said, you know, they've had they've been sad for the last fifty years of their life, and um, and to to explore that requires, you know, it's not just the present moment; it's also of value for exploring. Well, what are the, you know. What are the causes and conditions? What's the history? What's what's contributed to that? So that that requires more reflection. But again, for me, reflection is not so much. Um, I mean, the way I do it anyway, it's not so much intellectual analysis. It's, it's more it's contemplative. So it's, it's like, well, what 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 is that sadness? And and, and I sort of for me, it's and maybe I'm just. It, you know, different people investigate in different ways. I'm, I think I'm more embodied in a certain way, and so my investigation would be. So I'll, I'll ask that question. Well, wh- what is it? Why? You know, I've had sadness last for years at different periods of my life. So like, well, what is that sadness? And and I'll, and I'll feel. It's like I feel my way into the. Actually, I'm a feeling type, not a thinking type, but I feel my way into that. Into that question. Um, So you know, and, and and you know, I have friends who are who have brilliant minds and brilliant scholars, and um, and have, th- that's also their doorway. So it's you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, but I think generally the the orientation, I think, it's particularly as we're teaching in vipassana, is more it's a present moment uh, reflection or. or Curiosity is that is that helping and clarifying? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Good. Good question. Thank you. So let's do some sitting.
beginning the practice, calling into the practice this quality that we've been discussing of curiosity. Being curious about the moment-to-moment experience. Not from a head-centered space, but from a this perspective of awareness. As you turn the attention inwards, what's here? What is this, this moment of sitting, breathing, hearing, sensing, feeling? And as you pay attention to your experience, whether it's grounding, anchoring with the breath, or with body sensations, or with sounds, being curious, for example, to the changing nature of experience, arising and passing of sensations, of sounds, the coming and the going of the breath, of feeling, or attending to the selfless quality of experience. Things just coming and going out of their own accord. Noticing how the I thought claims an experience, my breath, my feeling, my thought. Whereas in reality it's just coming and going out of conditions. But again, to stay close to your your felt sense experience, not going upstairs to the mind, to the analysis, present here, attending 
to when there's a reactivity to an experience, a resistance, a grasping, an aversion. Be curious where the attention wanders when it strays from here, where does it go? Did it wander there through random thought? Or was it driven by a feeling, a reaction to a feeling tone?
Where is the attention now? What is the mind up to? What is the relationship to this moment? Grasping, aversion, delusion, ease, acceptance, wisdom.
in the last few minutes of the sitting, taking your attention to the strongest thing that's happening in your experience. Maybe physical sensation, maybe some discomfort, some emotion, some reactivity. And bring this curious awareness to this. What is this? What's my relationship to this? Or my response, my attitude? Is there a wiser response that's possible or available? This is from Pema Chodron, the pith instruction. The pith instruction is stay, stay, just stay. Learning to stay with ourselves in meditation is like training a dog. If we train a dog by beating it, we'll end up with an obedient but very inflexible and rather terrified dog. The dog may obey when we say stay, come, roll over and sit up, but he will also be neurotic and confused. By contrast, training with kindness results in someone who is flexible and confident, who doesn't become upset when situations are unpredictable and insecure. So whenever we wander off, we gently encourage ourselves to stay and settle down. Are we experiencing restlessness? Stay. Discursive mind? Stay. Are fear and loathing out of control? Stay. Aching knees and throbbing back? Stay. What's for lunch? Stay. What am I doing here? Stay. I can't stand this another minute. Stay. This is how to cultivate steadfastness. So there's a cartoon, there's two dogs sitting in meditation class, and one dog is saying, one who's a meditation guru, is saying to the other, so the main point of the practice is learning how to stay. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. All right, so let's take a break, and we'll come back for talk and discussion.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.